sometimes unconventional, but always entertaining. They're kooky and they're spooky. It's time to cross to the other side. Welcome to Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. Good evening, spooksters and the parastalkers and all you crazy people out there that believe in ghosts like us. You are with Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. And in studio tonight, we have two special guests, don't we, Renata? We certainly do. And one of them has come from a really, really long way away. Yeah, more person. I know. <laughs> And she was late getting here yeah, too. We're I know. A bit worried. It's always the way. The one that's time, the ones that's closest always comes latest. So, um, excuse me. Later. <laughs> I thought it was the cobblestone. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, we're okay. off to a yes. great start. Hello, Christy. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Now, what is your segment called? Christy's <laughs> Magical G-Spot. Oh, how yes. happy are you about that? <laughs> um, probably about a minus 10. Oh, no, Did I, you I like my wrong. suggestion better, the Magical Moments? I do like Magical Moments. Well, I that do just too. sounds crap. It sounds like something from the 1960s. But you would know. And, um, and G-spots. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, just, yeah, just, just, yeah, just, yeah. Any closer, I'd hit you. And, but not only do we have Crispy in the studio, we have got our Irish correspondent, Danielle. Welcome to studio, Danielle. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. You don't sound very Irish. Um, I don't sound very well either because my throat's going all croaky. Oh, God, we're trapped in the booth with COVID. <laughs> oh, God. No, no, we've actually had her out uh, a lot of the weekend investigating. We had her out at the Maitland Jail 101, Mm -hmm. and then we went into an Mm all-nighter, which uh, went, uh, that's ghost hunting. (laughs) (laughs) That went through till about six o'clock in the morning, and then the poor bucker had all these other social engagements the following day. That's right. There was very little sleep to be had. Yes. Mm. You'll sleep when you're dead. It's fine. Absolutely. (laughs) That's what the plane trip home's for. There's no sleep on that, Eva. <laughs> no, there's not. So whereabouts in Ireland do you come from? I come from a county called Leash, and in Leash there is a town called Port Leash, and that is where I live at the moment, and it's about an hour away from Dublin. Yep, and mm. you've got the most Australian Irish accent I've ever heard. <laughs> so how did that come about? To be sure, mate, to be sure. <laughs> uh, that came about because I'm actually from Newcastle. I am Christie's bestest friend forever and ever, amen, and I just never lost it when I went over to Ireland so I say some things that are a bit Irish and everybody thinks that I have a twang but I don't hear it myself personally. Yeah well we did spend some time with you when we were on our road trip only a month ago That's right. and uh we noticed, well, I have noticed since you've been back in Australia, it's not even a week yet, mm. that you've dropped most of your Irish accent. Yeah, I think it's an environmental thing. Yeah. Like the people you hang around with do tend to influence what you say and how you say it. Yeah. And um, when when we're here in Australia, you, you greet someone, you say, good day, mate, how you going? What do you say to each other in Ireland to say hello? Well, you usually say, how you going? Well, I say, how are you going? And you go, grand. I'm grand. I'm grand. Yeah. So it's not top of the morning to not you? top of the morning. No. No one says top of the morning. Nobody says top of the morning like no we don't one. throw shrimps on the barbie over no. here. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, and do you do any ghost hunting when you're over there? I have been privileged to go to a few locations, yes, and I have been even more privileged to do one of those locations with yourselves. Oh, yes. It was a pri- yes. privilege, wasn't it? Yes. Two locations. Two actually. locations, yeah. Yes. She forgot about the other That's, one. Well, well, yeah, well, it was it was a lovely location that we went to uh, in County Kerry yep. with yourselves. That was fantastic. It was a very private little affair mm-hmm. and loved that. And then we got spoilt by going to Loftus Hall, which is one of my favourite places to investigate over there, for to be sure. Absolutely. <laughs> and we were lucky to get in when we did because yes. it wasn't long after that that it all shut down. That's right. And the event was actually sold out previously and they had some cancellations. So I jumped straight on to Messenger and let you both know that if you could possibly change your plans, that we could get your tickets to get in there. And, well, we within did. about half an hour, yeah. <laughs> plans had changed. We yep. crossed the country to get yeah. in. We did because <laughs> yeah. we were flying... <coughs> So we were flying from England to Ireland that day and we got the tickets for that night and we were actually meant to be staying up towards Northern Ireland mm. and uh, the where uh, Loftus Hall is is actually sort of down south and on the coast. Yeah, almost as far away from the north as you can get. Yeah, uh, and so we had to... I mean, we were supposed to stay two nights up in the, the Northern Ireland part so we changed the plans and we told them that we wouldn't get there till the next night and then we... we we drove like mad women to get to our hotel and um, by the time we got there it was all shut so they just left the key out for us and at this stage we didn't know Danielle was coming with us and <laughs> we right. were in our room and we were, we were sort of bringing our luggage in we were getting ready then we, we enjoyed the fact they had mineral water and still water in a bottle I was very impressed by that um, lovely room and um, then we hear a knock on the door and come who the hell's that nobody knows we're here we've done something wrong open up the door and there's Danielle <laughs> yeah. And it was because the, the tour started quite late, if I remember. Yeah, 9 o'clock. Yeah, so um, you were there probably around about 8.30, so it was uh, we were very loud. <laughs> <laughs> but that was the um, the location where we stayed, and, and Daniel went home after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I drove all the way home from 3 o'clock in the morning, I think I left you girls, yeah. and uh, drove the back streets like a mad one, and took a Mind you, turn. it's all, all back streets in bloody yeah. Ireland. Those roads are so tiny. Yeah, that's correct, yeah. So it was about... A two and a half hour drive home for me straight after that. Wow. Mm. Uh, and that's when we went back to our room and we went to turn the heater on and couldn't find it anywhere <laughs> and realised they had forgot to put the heating on and it was late November which was about a week off from winter in Ireland mm-hmm. and we actually just about froze our nipples off, didn't we? Uh, absolutely. It was shocking. We went to bed fully clothed in our Parker's beanie scarves and uh, tried to get warm under the blanket we even stood there for a hairdryer with, with the hairdryer for a while, trying to warm up the room mm-hmm. um, to no avail. And the next morning, we've gone downstairs and we've said to them, "You forgot to put the heating on." They go, "Oh, oh, they must have forgotten." They, they, they because it was a late booking, they must have forgotten. Went, um, are we sorry about this? <laughs> Can, and then it was like, uh, "Breakfast will be this much money," and this, and there was all these add-ons all of a sudden. Like, you, you let us freeze for the night. We nearly froze to death, mm. but. Um, it was a, it was 
a fantastic investigation. It's a spectacular place. You can't, I I can't think of a better one in Ireland that I've been to anyway. And seeing all that wallpaper that was just Mm. peeling off the wall all around. And you could see that it was a grand mansion at some stage or other. But then it was, it was a film set. Well, I mean, it literally was a film set, but it looked like it as well and the the condition it was in. Um, What was the name of the movie they did? With the um, the Loftus Hall that was put in. Put me on the spot now. Um, it, uh, it wasn't Daniel Radcliffe in it, was it? No. No, it was no. some Irish actors and that was, it was really quite good and there was supposed to be a, a sort of a well or something at the foot of that grand staircase. But uh, we'll look that up later and find out what that's all about. Renata, what have you got coming up next week or this coming week? Don't look at me blank. This is radio. You're supposed to open I, your mouth and talk. I have no idea. What have I got coming up? <laughs> well, we've got a tour on Friday night. Oh, that's what I'm coming oh. up. I thought you were going to ask something People, personal. Can I just say that... I'm still waiting to do my news of the week and you've given me four oh, minutes. Well, you, now, How the freaking hell am I supposed to do that now? I didn't realise you had a news of the week. After, you told me I had to have I one. I said one show. story. Yeah, I've got one story. You didn't tell me it was news of the week. As the carer. I'll just kind of interrupt as the carer. <laughs> <laughs> Renata, just name the tours you've got and move on. <laughs> I don't know. I'd have to look it up. You I have Tomago House on Friday night. Oh, thank you. And you have Grossman House in Maitland on Saturday oh, thank night. Thank you. Thank you, my carer. You're welcome. <laughs> From Christie's Jeep spot, everyone. Yeah, I just want to say you didn't do a good job of being her carer last night when she fell over twice. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, embarrassment plus. Yes, but Tomago House is sold out. And I think Grossman House is sold out as well. Mm. What's going on with your tours uh, I at the know, moment? I know I think I do have two tickets for Tomago, for Grossman House that have become available because of a cancellation. Yeah, just keep an eye on the, yeah. the ticketing mm. systems, guys, mm. if you want to come and join us for any of those tours because sometimes people um, will uh, – they can change their mind up until a week beforehand, can't they? And then they lose um, – well, it's not change their mind. If they're sick, mm-hmm. but if they cancel within that week's um, – beforehand they they will lose 20% of their deposit mm-hmm. that's correct or the 20% of the um the ticketing but we we're getting off track um what fun things happened on friday night can anyone remember we had two tours we did the maitland jail 101 mm-hmm. and then we did the all nighter yeah yeah it's pretty awesome <laughs> Yeah, no, we're running on very little sleep. Um, no, we did one grand thing, and that was a, a live session that took uh, in every area of the jail that was being uh, investigated. So Anne was sitting at... Um, I was at um, the control ITV station. HQ. Yes. <laughs> in the, in the green HQ. room. Uh, yep. And she would uh, switch to someone who was in one of the wings and go, okay, tell us what's going on now. What's happening there? So it was like, being, very on, schmick. Uh, it was like being on Most Haunted or somewhere like that where mm-hmm. somebody would be out investigating and they'd switch to that person. Yeah, a very cheap Most Haunted, but yeah. <laughs> yeah and I was Yvette. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yes. All right. Well, Renata, what we're going to do is we're we're going to go to your news story after this segment, if that's okay. Yes. All right. Will be. Well, I'll throw to a song. Um, I, I don't, I'm not sure if this is one of Christie's favourites or not. But uh, how do you feel about Fleetwood Mac? I feel a lot about Fleetwood Mac. Is it anything you can say live, or you can do um, you swear? Well, if words? I have a scarf, I could stand here and just dance around in circles. Okay. All right. Well. We're going to say you love me, Fleetwood Mac. Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata, only on Newcastle Live Radio. 
And we're back with Spooky Sundays on Newcastle Live Radio in studio with Anne, Renata, Christy and Danielle. Now, uh, Renata is a little bit miffed with me because I've interrupted her flow by waffling for too long in that first section. But I, the name of, <coughs> sorry, the movie is, um, what did I just say? The Lodgers. The Lodgers that was at Loftus Hall. Anyway, Renata, would you like to tell your story of the week? Absolutely. <gasps> Fancy that. I've been waiting for the last 20 minutes. It's okay, Ed. It's all right. It's fine. But I did promise people that I would bring up a juicy subject. Uh, and this is about women in the paranormal. And uh, there was a lady called Katrina Weidman, and she stars in Paranormal Lockdown and Portals to Hell. And she spoke out at a paranormal conference uh, just recently, talking about the fact that she believes that women in the paranormal field aren't fairly represented by the media or on TV. Absolutely. So this is really interesting. So this is what uh, this particular um, piece of information tells us. The television ghost hunter made the comments during a live Q&A on YouTube, which saw her answering questions about Travel the Dead, her new paranormal web series, which also stars her good friend Heather Taddy. The pair first appeared on screen together in Paranormal State between 2007 and 2011. I remember Heather. She was really good. I liked her. Yeah, and I didn't realise it was that long ago. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yep. So joined by her co-star during the web chat, Katrina said, it is very much a gentleman's club when it comes to the media side of the paranormal. Yep. She added, that's fine in ways, you know, we're not trying to not have men be part of the paranormal, but there are also tons of women and there are also tons of non-binary folks and, you know, there's a whole spectrum of people who are into the paranormal. Katrina said that she always found it odd that people from a multitude of backgrounds uh, and experiences... Oh, experience, sorry, a multitude of backgrounds experience paranormal activity, but this isn't represented in the media. She said, what I always find cool about the paranormal is regardless of gender, regardless of race, regardless of religion and regardless regardless of your social status or anything, you know, where you were born, any of that, you find so many people from all walks of life who are coming together because they've had an experience or because there's an interest there. And I always find it really funny and kind of odd that that isn't represented in the media. Shockingly, Katrina recalls one knockback she had from a television network based on her gender. Katrina was quick to point out that the unnamed network wasn't one she was ever she has ever worked with. The incident took place 12 years ago when Katrina and a producer friend pitched an idea for a show in which she would be the lead investigator. Katrina said the notes she was getting back from networks at that time was there will never be a female lead because men don't want their information from women. Oh, my God. Anyone got anything to say? The duo were joined on the web chat by psychic comedian Michelle Belanger, who also appears as a guest on Travel the Dead. Michelle stated that she she has also experienced (coughs) similar attitudes, even though she doesn't identify as female. Michelle openly told viewers of the live stream, I am probably the only, I don't know of anybody else, openly intersex person who works in at least American TV. 
American Paranormal TV. Intersex being quite different from trans, I'm kind of both and neither, and it's a confusing thing. Michelle said that she's also received a similar knockback to Katrina's. I will not call out the channel, but they pitched me for a sort of in search of thing, and it was our audience does not find women intellectually credible. Because they're not putting us out there to show that we are intellectual, intellectually credible. Not that I can talk at the moment and sound intellectually <laughs> credible, but yeah, they're, they're not doing it. How so, many how many TV shows in the paranormal do you see with older women in it? Zero. Yeah. Oh well, they're usually psychics and mediums. Yeah. They're they're not paranormal investigators. They're psychics and mediums yeah. who are going into people's homes and yeah. So questioning why there isn't more diversity, Katrina said, what's interesting is the field itself. It skews more female than it does male. And same with audiences that watch paranormal media, it skews more female. Travel the Dead, which stars Katrina and Heather, is shot and produced in Texas. Um, and it, all of sorry, all of the show is an all-female cast and crew, but Katrina says that this wasn't a conscious decision and that the show fell into place during the pandemic. She explained when the pandemic hit, it was just very much a thing of all places, uh, of all these places are closed down and we can get... We we can't get into them. Sorry, it's badly written. As Katrina and her paranormal best friend Heather have been doing private investigations off camera for 16 years as part of their group, Atherton Paranormal, it just made sense for them to go and do it. The duo met Kat Croft, a filmmaker who was keen to get involved. Katrina said, we just brought Kat into the fold and it just sort of evolved. Now, she says, I see, I think we've seen a lot of change over the years and certainly a lot of networks have really pushed to have females out in the front more so that it has been, uh, sorry, more so than it has been in the past. But obviously we still have work to do. I don't think our industry is different from many other industries that also struggle with the same trying to find that representation. So I found that really, really interesting because we've found a lot of challenges when it comes to doing anything that is TV orientated yeah. as two females and two females who are older. Yes. Um, and Bianca Biassi uh, took us on board for um, one of her productions, The Space Between, that mm -hmm. we were the featured investigators. Um, but they did start with a younger team and that just didn't work out. Mm. And um, they came back to the the trusted, reliable old chooks mm -hmm. and the Silver Fox, Roman, was mm -hmm. involved in that. Um, and... Yeah, apart from Lorraine Warren, who was the only other one, but she, again, used to come on as a special guest and was picking up on the demons within the house, mm -hmm. uh, whether there were, was one or not. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't know of anyone else that has a an older female paranormal investigator. Now, a, a question to our listeners. Why do you think that older females aren't represented in the paranormal? Uh, and why is it okay for older men to be on TV um, as paranormal investigators or the experts. Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, but females are kind of left behind 
Is it the whole attractiveness thing? Is it the fact that what the networks are trying to do is attract um, their watchers by seeing, by placing uh, good-looking people yeah. in front of the camera, or is it a knowledge-based thing? Um, you know, what's going on? Maybe you have some ideas about it. We'd love to hear your ideas. Text it through on zero four nine zero. Eight four triple eight six. Now, Christy, maybe you've got something to say about that. What do you think? I think you should switch to V-neck shirts. Well, I've got a nice scoop <laughs> one on tonight. Get some more cleavage out. Yeah, but the problem is we've got it. We need industrial strength stuff to get the cleavage <laughs> there, back up again. Look, you can change for gaff tape from Hollywood <laughs> tape. Just hold those puppies up. <laughs> oh. look, I think you know. I guess. TV is all about a visual thing, so, you know, sexualising doesn't really matter what it is to attract an audience, yet when it comes to a male, again, that's a male's relay factual information where women are so much more emotional Fluffy and you can and see my little fingers yeah. making those yeah, little things. Quite Fluffy points. bunnies. Yeah. yeah. You know, so how could we possibly be credible? How's it, how can you be credible when you're in a society that is already swayed and fixed that way through visually what we get on TV. Yeah, and the only way to change is for someone to take a risk and do something different. That's right. So like I said, V-neck tops from now on. Mm. And we're very conditioned to believe that men know more than women. Yeah, It's it's the way it's always been, and we should never question that. And then they'll, they'll mansplain to us. Absolutely. But do you think because there are more women that watch these shows, and we know mm. through um, a lot of stuff that's been done over the last few years, and even um, the followers that we have, they're, they're mostly women. That's right. So uh, do they particularly put men out there because they believe that you know women are going to uh, watch the men rather than... Um, other women do these shows? Yeah, it's what strange, isn't it? Yeah, we've got a, a message here from Karen. Still a fair bit of discrimination out there, unfortunately. Don't know why everyone has to be a sex symbol on TV for women, but men can be any age. Uh, and, and we can't repeat what Sky said. <laughs> <laughs> we take it in Sky, but yep, we can't repeat yep, it. <laughs> yep. Um, oh, no, I like it. Uh, she actually added something to it. Her uh, original thing was because dickheads are in charge. <laughs> uh, mayhaps because people don't want mum figures telling them scary stuff. That's, that's a oh, point. That's interesting. I don't think that at all personally um but yeah I, I suppose women are always seen as the nurturing ones and um i reckon it'd be good to have them battling i always tell charlotte who is my granddaughter i can't wait for grandparents day at school i tell her that her grammy is a ghost hunter and she keeps the the monsters away and she thinks that's pretty cool. Uh, we have uh, from Natasha. Uh, quite frankly, I wish there were more older women in the paranormal field. I think with age comes wisdom. Mm. Right. Uh, and the lights are flashing. Oh, too. <laughs> <laughs> the spirit um, agrees. 
and I I would rather watch uh, women on paranormal shows. Men can be boring at times. They get a bit predictable, guys. I'm sorry, but you you do get a little bit predictable. Uh, and uh, what was this, Eric and Natasha? I agree with the first thing you said, Renata, about the looks. Maybe so stupid. Honestly, uh, if you two got a show, I'd watch it religiously. You do already. <laughs> we'll get to the rest of those questions later. Renata's rattling the biscuits before we go to the uh, Sorry, song. I'm getting ready. <laughs> We've got Barb's leftover biscuits here. We are going to be smashing into those. But before we do that, we're going to head off to a song. Yeah, and this one is a special song. It's a special. It's all over the TV and Netflix right now because of Stranger Things. Oh, it is too. Yes. We won't no tell you why. We won't tell you why. Yes. Um, but we will be back after this break. You're listening to Spooky Sundays on Newcastle Live Radio. Welcome back, Spooksters. It is time to bring on Danielle, our Irish correspondent. Now, I actually requested this story from her, uh, and it's because we were looking for haunted locations to visit throughout Ireland when we were road tripping together over there. And, of course, what do ghost hunters do? They look for the most traumatic places they can possibly find. So we are looking up the old workhouses, orphanages, uh, uh, maybe old hospitals, insane asylums, anything like that, because there's that gruesome history attached to it. And we we are drawn to that. But Danielle pointed out this one place and she said, I'd like to go visit there, but part of me really doesn't want to go there because I think it's going to be traumatic. And she told us this story. And then we sort of all went, "Mm, you know what? This is not somewhere that I would like to go and investigate because it just feels wrong. So I want you all to listen to her story and I'd like you to comment and let me know whether you think it would be appropriate for ghost hunters to go and visit this location and do an investigation. Danielle, over to you. Thank you. Um, yes, this it is a bit of a hard story to discuss because it does trigger a lot of things for a lot of people, and so it should. So bear with us. We'll get through it as quick as we can. It's about the Bon Secours Mother and Baby Home in Tume in Galway. This is a building that no longer exists, but it was a former workhouse. And if people don't know what a workhouse is, it was basically somewhere during the tough times of Ireland and the famine where destitute people, uh, men, women, children could go if they couldn't support themselves and had no food. And they would give you a bed of sorts. Um, There may not be any heating or blankets, but you got a bed. You also got a meal, um, two for the adults and three for the children, but meal is kind of being polite about it. And then you worked your ass off for the privilege. So this former workhouse was turned into a mother and baby hospital in 1925. And it was now a place where single unwed mothers could go to have babies and they could bring their young children there as well. It it wasn't a very pretty place. Um, it over the years uh, that it was there, uh, on average, a child died once every two weeks. 
So you can imagine it wasn't a, a happy place. And all over Ireland we had these mother and baby homes and there was approximately 35,000 mothers who gave birth in these places. So anyway, fast forward to 1961. Um, the building became really dilapidated and they shut it down and tore it down. So there's nothing left of the building anymore. And any of the residents that were still there uh, were moved on to other uh, mother and baby homes throughout the country. And these homes were, uh, you know, still running up until relatively modern times, uh, I think, like into the 70s and 80s. Um, so anyway, so where this uh, mother and baby home used to be, they decided to start building a council housing estate. And so lovely big homes to raise your families were built on this land and uh, the, the land around it. Um, and then a couple of years later after the housing was there, uh, two young kids, two young boys were running around playing in the area and came across some skeletal remains in a concrete structure. Uh, the locals assumed that this was just a, fam a famine-era grave, so they called in a priest to bless the site and then resealed the structure with concrete. So all good and well, happy days. They set up a Catholic shrine. They treated it as a, a, a burial ground. Um, now that's, you know, been untouched for a while. And then 37 years later in 2012, a woman called Catherine Corliss, who is an amateur historian, decided she'd look into this. And she published an article detailing the living conditions and stated the staggering number of children who lost their lives. And that was mainly due to diseases, but wondered why there was no records of where these children were buried. So further along, she decides to make it her mission to collate with the birth certificates of the 798 babies, infants and children, some of them as old as four, and find out where they were buried, where's, where's the records. So you could trace all but two of them, the, the actual, you know, birth, the people. Um, so in 2014, they raised a plaque uh, with 768, uh, sorry, 796 names, and they actually reckon there was probably about 800 that, that were gone from this place, this one place. So it just disappeared. They had no That's record right. of what had happened. That's right. So they just said they were, they were dead. They're dead. And, end of. And nothing more. That's right. Don't ask questions. Okay. Okay. <laughs> right. Nuns, remember? Mm-hmm. So um, this started to gain international attention, and rightly so. So the government decided to order a nationwide commission into all of Ireland's mother and baby homes. Uh, they wanted to look at things like the living conditions, uh, the mortality rates, the cause of death amongst the whole residents, not just the children, um, their burials, the participation in any vaccine trials, etc., etc. Um, even looking into the adoption processes of these children because the mothers were never really given any information or um, any freedom of information or consent to what was going to happen with their children. It was basically, oh, you're not married, we're going to take your child and we're going to send it off to a family because you are obviously not capable of looking after it yourself. 
Also, there were because um, we watched a documentary about this when we were over there, mm-hmm. uh, just a few days after we oh, had visited. How weird was that? Yeah. That, that was mm. just mind blowing yeah. that yeah. we were there and they they actually they had it on, on. TV. Mm. Um, and there, I, I remember also hearing instances where uh, the mother would go to, out to work. Yeah, they were allowed the to feed them in the morning. Yeah, mm. they would go out to work and then they would come back in the afternoon, and the nuns would tell them, "Your your child died." Yes, the yeah, child died during the day. Oh, fine. I helped yeah. you this morning. What do you mean they died? Absolutely. Yeah, they died. Sorry. Yeah. Can I see them? No, they've gone. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So it's it is traumatic, and um, just just to even kind of fathom what these people were going through and the heartache, you you just can't imagine it. Um, so anyway, so in like 2016, they started to um, do testing of the site. Um, and they found significant, this is in those special sort of bunny rabbit ears, significant quantities of human remains, mm-hmm. which is, you know, sort of full on in itself. And um, they find that all these human remains are children, ranging from premature babies to four-year-olds. Mm. Can we stop you there? Absolutely. We're going to go it. for a break. Mm. Uh, And come back and finish this story and get people's um, ideas on... Yeah, get their opinions and thoughts on what they've heard so far. But there is more to come, so please stay tuned for this story. We'll be back after this song. Spooky Sundays may have sent the spirits your way. But remember, consult a human professional before making that life-changing decision. Oh, we're back in studio with the ladies. We didn't have a sweeper into that no, one. No, we didn't. Never I was, mind. Lucky I, I looked up to double check to make sure it was there. And then I went, oh, we're on. Click, click, click. And I had a mouthful of one of Bub's peanut butter cookie biscuits. And I'm now spitting on my <laughs> my foamy thing here. <laughs> a foamy thing. Mm, very Everybody loves a foamy right. thing. Now, there's wonderful comments coming through. I'm not going to take up too much time reading those at the moment because I want to get on with the story. But people are saying they're very moved by the story and, um, and they want to say thank you for sharing. It. So you're right there. Yes. <laughs> that was just a, a very big tearful outburst from her in the corner there. All right. So um, we were up to the fact that they. <laughs> this is. You better stop it, please. We're in the middle of a heartbreaking <laughs> story. And you're going to get. Beef nearly flew out of a t shirt. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Tits ahoy. I was trying to stop. Just oh, knees. Never mind. I, I'm right I now. Can I make a summary here? Yeah. Yes. We're at the mother and baby home. It's been demolished. They've made a housing estate and um, there's been a discovery twice now of uh, skeletal remains underneath uh, it's essentially the playground area because we've been there and um, they've now done some uh, testing on the bones and, and they have discovered that there are children's bones in there from premature right through to four year olds so take Correct. it from there yeah. mm-hmm. sorry sorry that it's such a gloomy subject um, so these uh bones were found in a concrete structure and this structure which happened to be a sewerage waste sort of um, tank was divided into 20 chambers now that's if anybody knows anything about sewerage tanks and I'm sure we all do they don't have 20 chambers Uh, so what they were clearly doing was filling up a certain section and then cementing it in and then filling up another section and cementing it in. And then it was even added 
to. So it wasn't even just what was there. They made more space for these poor souls. Um, so anyway, um, a few years back, Ender Kenny, who is the Taoiseach at the time, and Taoiseach in Ireland is like our Prime Minister, uh, he classed it as a chamber of horrors and he was appealing to the public for any information that they may have had because, like, obviously, you know, questions have got to be answered. Uh, the Minister for Children, Catherine Zapponi, also said that they were going to make plans for forensic excavation of uh, the grounds and each child will be exhumed and ID'd and buried respectfully. Now, it is now 2022, and this still hasn't happened. It so still hasn't happened. The babies no, are still, still there. there. They're still there. That's right. And uh, there was a stage in the documentary when um, they were interviewing this historian lady, and she said that they, uh, the Bonsecure nuns were approached uh, to try and find out some information. And the response was, uh, why are you doing this now after all of these years? Those nuns are elderly and they're getting very upset about all of this. Yeah, they're getting too distressed to speak. Yeah, they're getting too distressed to speak. The poor yeah. buggers. I know, yeah. like, what are we doing to mm. these poor ladies? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Bit of, bit of common sense. I, I guess we were there. We stopped and took flowers and spent time, uh, I, I guess, looking over at all the names. We read the names. And talking about the site. I remember I did a live from the site because... But we only did it to our grand poo bars. Yeah, I, I was angry yeah. <laughs> and uh, I wanted to voice my anger at what I was seeing. And I was struggling to speak. Yeah. And... Which is a, a miracle in itself. The, the question really that we raise here is that there are some sites that hold a lot of pain and it doesn't matter that that pain happened yesterday or 50 years ago. When is an appropriate time, if ever, to send paranormal investigators onto a site like that or allow paranormal investigators or paranormal investigators thinking that it is okay to go on a site um, like that and do investigations. Now, I know, for example, uh, Auschwitz, the concentration camp in Poland, has um, ghost hunts there. So it would be very interesting to uh, find out what you guys think about when is it inappropriate to do investigations. Yeah, and the, there's more to this story as well because it's not that they murdered all 796 of them. Some of them were put up for illegal adoptions in other countries with rich families. So they were sold off. Mm -hmm. Mm. Um, so these healthy, beautiful children uh, were just whisked away from their mothers um, and told the mothers were told they died and they were sold to other countries. Now, um, we need to get to the news. We have to get to a song before we go to the news. So we will be back after nine o'clock. We do have some funny stories coming up. Don't worry, there will be some fun. Uh, Christy is going to be interviewing her best buddy about um, Ireland and all the the thoughts of the the paganism and Christianity, and um, we're going to head off with an eagle song. You got some good uh, music here tonight, Renata. I do. Yeah, well, here hand, we go. Hand picked. I just think it's one of those nights. It's time to cross back to the other side. Welcome back to Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. 
And welcome back, everyone. We hope you are still with us. This is the second hour of Spooky Sundays this Sunday. And, uh, of course, you have Anne and myself here in studio. And our guests tonight are Christy and Danielle. And we were talking uh, over the last half hour about a place in Tomb that we actually visited on our last trip over to Ireland. And for me, I was interested in the workhouses uh, because I wanted to see them for myself. I wanted to physically be there rather than just seeing them on TV or in a documentary. I, I wanted to see it for myself. Well, you also as a, a psychic and yes. a medium would like to um, connect, I suppose, mm. on a different level. Yeah, yeah. Um, and certainly that did happen. I think it happened for all of us. We walked away, and as you said in, in the break, it was something that changed all of us by being there. Yeah, it did. Um, but we've got some comments here from our listeners. Uh, Daniela, covered in goosebumps, and I feel so sick from this story. Thank you for sharing this. Uh, I do know similar things happened here in Australia. I don't think I would investigate, but I would lay flowers and let them know they are remembered in in my heart or our hearts and that's exactly what we did and that's how we felt as well um uh catherine has made a comment here um i love this lady well done bringing it to everyone's attention my thoughts are to leave well alone no paranormal investigations there just make sure no one ever forgets what happened Mm. yeah i i would like to see people held accountable for it um what was one of the comments they made in the documentary we saw that um they 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 weren't very Christian about what they were doing or something. It was something really trite, yeah. like um, yeah. oh that wasn't uh, uh, they weren't on their best behaviour or something like that. It was really oh, yes. it was a letter that was their letter of apology. They they weren't on their best behaviour. That, yeah. that was as far as the bond secures. Yeah, they weren't actually going to say sorry about that. Yeah. We've made a mistake and it was horrific and we will look into it. It's just like, oh, don't upset them, nuns. They're, yes. they're too old now and, um, yeah, they, they weren't being their best Christian selves. Yeah. And <laughs> I just want to remind everyone, the bond secure um, business, because it is a business, it's a huge business in America. They run major hospitals and they are still taking money from people who go in to um, be healed in these places. But they also took money for the children yep. that were adopted out. Sure did. So, uh, yeah, the interest that came from that money has created those hospitals. Can you imagine the um, court cases that would come from people who would like to sue them? Anyway, um, Sky uh, has some more information there, but I'll just add in here that it's horrifying, 1,000%. Uh, investigate you've done due diligence and approach with reverence Um, I think she's saying that you don't investigate Uh, Karen um, this story breaks my heart and all those innocent children the despicable people that did this it is sickening and look it was done in a time gone by when uh, there was different values then people who were pregnant out of wedlock whether they were raped or um, 
or uh, had promises made to them that were not kept. Uh, there's many reasons, um, or maybe even husbands died, and and they were just treated so badly. They were like the, the they were the devil spawn, and they considered these children to be the spawn of Satan. Um, and there were yeah, anyway. Don't get me started. Uh, these poor ladies that kept silent about the mass bodies, stuff them, make them fess up to their crimes. Thanks, Robert. Uh, Nothing to be done. It's Ireland. Can't have the church looking bad now, can we? That's about right. Yeah, that's pretty much <laughs> what do you say up. about that, Danielle? Um, what's, it, what's the story in Ireland about? It, it is uh, values are changing a little bit, um, but it is still in certain areas very, very much that way. And especially where Tume is, it's in the west of Ireland, and that is still a very Catholic mm-hmm. region. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you saw yourself while we were there. There was so much. Um, you know, statues of Mary and mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Jesus. Yep. Oh, it's and crazy. It was extremely religious. Yep. And I was, I even said to you, be careful because, you know, if someone overhears us, you know, we are in a very Catholic area and, and we could be lynched. And, yeah. I, and I sort of said that with a, 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 you know, tongue in cheek, but it kind of, in my mind, well, you live there. Be you know possible. better than us. You know, yeah. it could be yeah. possible because they would make they it do very unpleasant. Yeah. yeah, they could yeah. make it very unpleasant. I yeah. should add here that um, Deborah also put in: if there are spirit, spirit children that need help to move on, then yes, investigate. Absolutely hate the thought of children trapped in that hell. A memorial being erected in their honour would help them too. But nothing will be done. It's Ireland. Can't have the church looking bad. Is that, I, I missed okay. the first part. I'm yeah. sorry about that, Deborah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think that would not be an investigation that would be a medium coming in to connect with any souls that might be there and helping them cross over it's the ghost hunters that worry me absolutely that go in with their gadgets and their equipment and i think you're right i think they would be lynched in that area it was hard to find i was just about to say i think that's the one saving grace for it is that it's not really easily accessible yeah it was very difficult for us to find and i was just i had a gut instinct Mm. and I'm not going to actually say where it was, but I had a gut instinct to go down a particular driveway. And then when we got in there and we saw um, a, playground. a playground, I thought, oh, well, we can't see it anywhere. And I've I've just, again, had a gut instinct to go down and around. And I said, I just feel it's over there. I yeah. feel it's over there. Yeah. And it was. And there it was, tucked away in a corner, right and next to a big playground. Yeah. And interestingly enough, if my birth mother had been in Ireland... That could have been me down in that sewer. Very easily. Very easily. So that's that's and why... And that brings it back to you. It brings it back to reality. Yeah, that's why it changed me as a person because I was just then very grateful that I my, my clan came to Australia. <laughs> yes, well, I'm grateful too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, look, the story I'm going to do, I can't do, I can't do that story straight now. We need a song in between. Yeah, have a look if there are any more questions. There were some through. questions. Yep. There so, absolutely were some can questions. Can I just add as well um, that over nine thousand children perished in eighteen different institutions across Ireland. Yeah, it wasn't just one. It wasn't just one. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right, so I'll, I'm going to throw to a question here. Uh, we'll, we'll try to get back onto lighter subjects. Uh, and if yes. anyone wants to look up any more on that, it's spelled T-U-A-M, TUM. 
we think of it as like um, tomb, T-O-M-B, but it's tomb, all right, T-U-A-N. Um, all right, so thank you for this question, Kerry. Uh, and I'm sorry, we've, we've skipped some of the questions that come in. We got very deep. Is it possible to become more aware of our magical, mystical, paranormal self by listening and learning from you ladies? Oh, I would say 150,000% yes. Absolutely. You can listen to anyone and gain knowledge. It's what resonates with you that you feel, yeah, this this sounds to me like um, it fits to my beliefs. So, Christy, you got anything to add to that? That's exactly what I was going to say. You so read my mind. It doesn't matter what information you get in. You filter it and whatever's working in with your belief is usually the things that we take in and we run with but that is still being about looking every time I go to a something educational a convention seminar even if it was just training for my job things like that always go with a beginner's mind mm-hmm. allowing yeah. yourself to learn something new regardless of maybe the presenter is not that great but still, they may have done some research and, you know, we don't know everything. So any information is new information. It's just how you um, work that into your own personal beliefs. Mm-hmm. All right, yep. we've got to do an Eric and Natasha question. They've got yep. a few in here. Uh, what? Hi, the Exorcisters. Uh, question, what would you classify the traits of a vampire? What would your perfect vampire be? Christy, before you say anything, no sparkles. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I I think there are different type of vampires, and the the worst ones are the energy vampires. I I don't think necessarily the blood suckers. They there are people they <laughs> they suck you, drive your energy. Um, I think the other vampires are, are mythical ones, but there are definitely people out there who will drain your life force uh, if you allow them to, and that is your choice. Anyone uh, throw anything else in with that? I'm going to do a plug for New Orleans. Yes. When I was there, I did a vampire tour. Oh, oh my God. <sighs> it was great. amazing. You're an Anne Rice fan, aren't you? Oh, my God, Yes. So camped out in front of her place, everything uh-huh. like that. But um, I guess, you know, New Orleans, when you have read those interview with the vampire books, but even before that, it was always a place for vampires. So there are many, 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 many vampire stories from New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you do go to New Orleans, make sure you do do the vampire walking tour because it's super mm-hmm. sexy. And, and most people, there are some people that live a life as a vampire and they do rituals yes. with blood. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. And they will drink each other's blood with all um, no. consensual. But mm. no, normally they actually go to the butcher and ask for... Um, uh, oh, what's that noise? <laughs> <laughs> They, they will go to a local butcher and they will collect uh, fresh blood yes. from um, a beast that a has kill? been yep, killed. Uh, I know. There is a vampire cafe in New Orleans. You can follow them on Facebook. They're pretty groovy. And just a little bit of a uh, tip, everyone. The Frightfully Good team will be going to New Orleans in November no 2023. And we will be taking some of our fans with us. You've got to pay for your own tickets. But uh, there will be more information coming. And since it's over a year away, it's not going to be out just yet. But we had a little look at the itinerary. And let me tell you, I'm excited. 
<laughs> anyway, Renata, go yep. to a song. We're going to a song. This is Owner <coughs> of a Lonely Heart by Yes. Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata, only on Newcastle Live Radio. Oh, and wasn't there a awkward moment of silence? I know. Freaked out. I went, Renata, dead air, dead air. But it was actually the end of the song. There was just this awkward silence yes. at the end of the song. Yes. Ooh, ah, Glenn McGrath. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh. No, we're back. We're back. Oh. Everything's fine. And we are now heading to a story by Miss Anne. Yeah. Should I apologise now? <laughs> No, no. apologise afterwards. All right. Well, look, this this is from my favourite magazine of um, educational reading, and it's the Fatian Times. And this is a fresh one that just arrived. I'm pretty sure it was. Oh, no, it's not. December 2021. Um, <laughs> it's a little old. But I hadn't seen this before, and it caught my eye because it's referring to New Forest, mm. which Renata and I visited. And they're talking about April. New Forest was haunted by someone in a gimp suit. Oh, God. Now, is there one of you lovely ladies who can explain what a gimp suit is? G-I-M-P? Christy I think has one. Christy. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to explain what it is, Christy? I've got it on now. <laughs> she never takes it off. can lose 10 kilos in one of those things. Just imagine tight, shiny, black plastic. Oh. <laughs> and bring it up over your head. Oh. And you could have a little um, ball gag in your mouth if you really oh. wanted to. So it's lo- sort of like a latex, yeah. skin-hugging yeah. rubber I'd, I'd suit. I'd attach a bridle and really... <laughs> oh. uh, um, just... So, look, this is the, the Hampshire police were called because a description was a naked man wearing bondage gear. Um, oh, he's uh, not naked. Well, they're saying naked, and then somebody else called it naked as wearing bondage clothing, boots and a green rucksack. So there's a few little... Maybe they caught him in between putting on the bondage suit. I don't know. But uh, he was spotted... Oh, the visual. <laughs> he was spotted in the early afternoon near Bolton's Bench, a beautiful spot close to Lindhurst. Now, we went to Lindhurst. Had the best scones in England in Lindhurst. Remember that little cafe? With no. the man with the dogs that rescued the dogs from... Oh, yeah, yes. That was Lindhurst. It was yes, beautiful. Beautiful place. Um, unsurprisingly, the police officer said, our officers conducted a search of the area, <laughs> but were unable to locate any individual matching the description provided to us. Locals, meanwhile, speculate the individual was filming content for OnlyFans. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Um... But it seems there's been a bit of a gimp suit wave. (laughs) (laughs) Or a rash might be a better better one to put it. In early September, motorists driving along the A343 in Highclere, Hampshire, were treated to the sight of a man wearing nothing but a latex gimp mask. That is a treat. (laughs) (laughs) And with September, it's getting a bit chilly. (laughs) Not much to be seen. Uh, He was just staring at the traffic like a horror movie. And then when we drove past again, after turning around, they went back. (laughs) They're admitting they went back for a second look. They've gone, get that camera out. What did I just see? This is TikTok million hits. Uh, When they turned around, uh, he was running away. Jingle bells. <laughs> um, 
All right, so uh, then there is another story. Uh, it's possible that these sightings involved the same, <coughs> sorry, gimp who was frequently reported from the village of Claverham in Somerset. His latest manifestation was on the 1st of September when he was seen lying in a garden. <laughs> spying on a couple through their French windows as they watched TV in the early hours of the morning. The husband gave chase and the individual legged it out. Police were called out, but they didn't find him. So this he was in a gimp suit laying in there. Serial <laughs> gimp. I find the best stories, honestly. Uh, in 2019, a woman known, uh, known only as Abby, 25, was terrified when a gimp charged at her late night in Claverham, or oh, it's in that Claverham area, uh, saying that he was coming towards me and then touched his groin, grunting and breathing heavy. <laughs> Since late 2018, there have been 14 reports oh from Cloverham of, of a man wearing disguises, jumping out at people at night. And more recently, uh, people were reporting weird things happening in the village. Oh, Following, hang on a second. They're now reporting <laughs> The man in the gimp suit lying down <laughs> in the garden watching people was not weird. Absolutely. Uh, uh, so following the 2019 incident, two men aged 28 and 34 were arrested on suspicion of wearing a gimp suit. No, uh, suspicion of indecency offences but were later released for lack of evidence. Uh, police saying that they were keeping an open mind as to whether the two incidents were connected but according to the local woman who wishes to remain anonymous, local children were saying, it's the gimp man again. <laughs> the children were saying that. Um, it sounds like a Disney film to come out soon. <laughs> Look, for me, I think Forest about... Gimp. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's actually a member of the royal family. It was Prince Philip. He was out there. Yeah. They took him out. They thought him out in the microwave. No, he wasn't dead. But this is, sorry. No, he, no disrespect to the royals. <laughs> I think we broke Renata again. It could have been Prince Andrew because he doesn't sweat, so there wouldn't be any sticking when the TV yeah, suit That's off. true. He doesn't sweat. Oh, yeah. Perfect yeah, yeah. material. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so... The, that, uh, I, I, as I said, they thought it was a ghost at first, and the fact that it involved the New Forest and Lintus, which we were in, yes. I thought that was fascinating. Mm. Yeah. And was the gimp sightings only in that period when you were there? <laughs> no, it was before us. Oh. Before us. That was Why maybe. They went there. <laughs> but it, was that during COVID? Oh, hang on. Were we there in 2019? Hmm. Because remember, we Actually, we went to England yes, with you, yes, and that's where we met yes, you. Yes, right. Was that 2019? Uh-huh. Yes, it was. Uh-huh. It was. I oh my think God! We sold the gimp. <laughs> <laughs> And around the same time, your suits went missing, Christy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> mm. yeah, there are a lot of low bushes and a lot of horses in New Forest, so it would be quite a dangerous area to go gimping. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag sacred bush. <laughs> That's true. Uh, anyway, I hope you enjoyed my story. Okay. Thoroughly. <laughs> right. So. I did bring a bit of silliness back to the show. You're listening to Spooky Sundays on Newcastle Live Radio. Welcome back, everyone. We hope you have um, recovered from the gimp story. Um, there were f- pictures that were associated with that story that are very, very spooky indeed. Now, we very. might take a, a photograph of that and put it on um, Newcastle Live Radio 
because they are disturbing. But anyway, we're back and now we would normally be pressing the button and saying... Activating my G-spot. Christy <laughs> is here with her magical G-spot. But Christy is here. I am here. I'm not calling in. Hello, Christy. Hello. How are you? It's I'm so good. much better with you actually in studio because we can look at each other and, and pause instead of me talking over the top of you. Mm. Mm. Wave each other down. But I've got something different tonight. So tonight I'm going to be interviewing my bestie of 40 years. Me. That's Danielle, who abandoned me 16 years ago <laughs> and moved to Ireland. Yeah. I don't know about abandoning, yeah, but so yeah, whatever. Danielle and I have been into the occult since we're about eight years old. So um, we actually made our first Ouija board in the back of my Holly Hobby photo album. Mm. Um, oh, just, just Professional superb. from day one. Yeah. Just superb. Yeah. And um, we did find a book that my parents had stashed on the bookshelf called The Complete Book of Magic Ceremony mm. and Rituals. And I think I'm down to about my third copy of that book. I also have a book. copy of that book. Um, so that is our book. But tonight I'll be picking her brains on all things pagan and There's witchy. There's no brains in there. Yes. Um, we'll be finding that one little pea rolling around <laughs> in there and um, talking about all things pagan and witchy things in Ireland. Yes. So how widely accepted is witchcraft or paganism in Ireland being it's um, a very Catholic Yeah. Place? Okay, well, yeah, there's kind of two sides to that because obviously it's a very Celtic country and it was originally a pagan country mm-hmm. um, and now it's very Catholic. So it was very frowned upon a few years ago and it is getting more and more popular and people are opening their minds a little bit more and obviously Hollywood has a lot to do with that because people are seeing movies, um, it's becoming accessible via online buying and, yeah, it's, it's actually a lot more accepted than you would give it credit for. We didn't see any witchy shops while we were over there. You have to look. Mm-hmm. And so that is not. actually my next question. Okay, let's leave yeah. that. Okay. No, no, that is very my next question that you're leading into. So, you know, I own Spells and Spirits. So, you know, I know in just this Newcastle area, you know, we have quite a few mm. um, shops, obviously online and things like that. There's quite a, you know, many, many places to choose from to shop. But as in physical stores over there, Yeah, um, they're not as prevalent as they would be. And and again, like you pointed out, I did abandon you 16 years ago. But when I was living here, there was a lot of shops Mm. already. So over there, there's not um, a terrible amount of them. Like if you're part of that community, say on Facebook or or whatever you want to call it, you know, um, there is excess to those places and then you will find those places but if you just turn up to a town and go all right i'm just going to go to the local crystal shop you probably won't find it Mm. so where we live there are a couple of shops and they are getting more popular because um you know the kids are starting to get into it so the younger generations getting into it make it more popular Mm -hmm. the older people are still sort of looking at it going oh it's you know mumbo jumbo and take it away from me and it's Mm -hmm. it's you know it's the devil's work work. yeah exactly Mm -hmm. blasphemous get away from me um but yeah we've got a few shops now and there's certainly a good online presence and Mm -hmm. uh, places that are very high in tourist footfall have more 
shops. Okay. Mm. Except for Newgrange that had nothing <laughs> when we were there. No gift shop I at the end. Gift I shop. had oh. money ready to be bought. And you could I not buy anything shops. at Newgrange. I know. My yeah. heart was broken. Not even a key ring. Can I just say I've still got my little uh, wristband on from Newgrange? Oh. Mine's now in my book of shadows. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so we do have a question from one of our listeners and they want to know is lavender readily available <laughs> in Ireland? What's lavender? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Explain. <laughs> I can tell. It's a bit woofy. <laughs> Go waft over there. Go waft over there. But um, are there any special locations that you feel connected to? Oh, the whole country. Yes, um, I know. To, yeah, to be honest, it is a very magical place. And everywhere you look, there's something that, that draws you back to, you know, the, the culture and the history of the, the land. Um, I was very fortunate, thank you to Anne and Renata for, you know, preempting my visit to Newgrange because I found being in Newgrange one of the most um, uh, soul-moving places that I've ever been to and I I felt very connected to the earth there and you can't help but feel something when you're on a ground like that that, that's had so much ceremony Mm. um, associated with it. We we moved that much, we're actually all getting a tattoo. Well, exactly. We're trying to. Well, we're going to. Running out of time, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to happen at some stage. Um, Yeah, and then there's other places like um, where I'm from, where I was living, sorry, is County Kildare and St Bridget, who, yes, they've stolen her from yes. the pagan. Yes, they have. Yes. So Bridget, um, the, the, the story goes that when she found Kildare, um, the king of the land said, you can have as much land as your cloak will cover. And so as she threw the cloak, it magically grew bigger and it covered the whole of Kildare. So that became her whole land. Oh, what a beautiful and story. Yeah, so she's now basically like the pagan saint of Kildare yeah. and um, around the corner from me where I work is her well, St Bridget's well and it is extremely magical there and is I Is that believe, the one we went to? Yes. Oh my yeah. god, that place was just... a little tree with the little I've got clues. goosebumps all over mm. me just thinking about it. Yeah, when you wash your hands in the well and it's meant to sort of bless you. And I have received one question um, from someone in Ireland, and I'm assuming this is a male. Um, His name is Kenny, and he has a question for the Irish hottie, and it says, fancy me hunting for the magical G-spot once you get home. (laughs) Christy's not coming with me, sorry. And it says, might be as elusive as the ghost, but I'll enjoy the challenge. So thanks, Kenny. Thanks, Kenny. It's all about me. Uh, All right. Sorry, stop that. <laughs> Look, I want to just also just give a quick little shout out. Have you finished there? You're, that, you're done with your yeah, we're interview. That I'm that's that ma- home. Yeah, yeah, I can talk to her any the, other time. The, <laughs> the magical G spot is done for the evening. Yeah. I want to give out uh, a, a quick shout out to Shazza and Dazza who have messaged in tonight. We didn't quite get to you guys. Uh, who else have we got there that I missed out on? Um, Kerry said, Thank you for answering the questions. And she said, Since listening to you guys, I find myself more aware of the parent normal. I was hoping I wasn't making it up. Well, that's interesting because Christy actually came to us on tours and things like that and you um, found, you started to get visions and things that were happening after you opened up to 
So I've always been clairsentient, so being able to feel energy. Um, really didn't understand what it was that I was feeling. I'd feel a goosey, I'd jump, I'd feel a weird chop on my arm or a knock on my head. Um, so it did actually take me a little bit to um, discover that spirits actually showing me where they hurt, mm-hmm. not necessarily how they died. Um, so I actually... Last time Danielle was here nine years ago, we actually went on a tour for Danielle's birthday with Renata. We did the walking tour of Newcastle. Oh, you did? Yes. And um, and then I'm not sure what happened, so I had a reading with you and things like that. And then it was like <coughs> 10 years later, um, you ran a cyclic development course. Mm-hmm. And Karen and I went to that, mm-hmm. and I think we put our names down to be volunteers for your ghost tours. Mm -hmm. And then I think the week later you held the seance parlour. That's right. You were one of our first. We were the very first. first. Yes. Um, With that and then others. We breathed a sigh of relief because it worked. And and ever since then you haven't been able to get rid of me. (laughs) I was saying uh, today in the car when we were driving back from Gloucester, I said I remember when I was uh, I'd go shopping at Market Town and there'd be this very cheery um, face that would be from the health food shop going, hello. I'd be going, hi, thinking, I don't know who that is. <laughs> but they were always so friendly and cheery and because the sales parlour is in a dark room, we don't really get to see what people look like yeah. a great deal. And then I sort of put two and together and realised it was Christy and yeah, yeah. now she's, but she's stuck with us. The more work that you do, I guess, you know, we're, I'm fortunate enough to be going on tours and to be utilising, you know, those abilities. So as expanding your things for the paranormal, um, it's just like a muscle. The more you exercise it, the more things happen. Oh, and I 100% agree I think I sent you a message after Friday night mm-hmm. saying I feel like I'm learning more and I'm understanding more and I feel like and I, and I think I even said I don't know if I'm full of shite but yes. you know I that was very Irish I'm full of shite, full of shite. <laughs> uh, and I was trying to be polite and not swear uh, but I feel like I'm becoming yes. more aware and yep. you know it's it's working better mm. yeah yeah you know? it's experience mm. and put, placing yourself into a position where you are uh, open to mm. what is going on um, and taking it all in and believing in what is happening for you now before you go to this next song um, we have sold the gimp suit issue uh-huh. uh, the people involved have owned up who it is it is uh, tash and uh, eric they said that was them running around in gimp suits it's okay they were just playing a little game called hide and go shag Okay. <laughs> Problem well solved. Mystery Thank solved. <laughs> All right, we're going to go to uh, a song now, and this is a Joe Cocker favourite. Now, you're going to have to sing along to this one, absolutely. Leave my mic on. Here we go. <laughs> you're in for a treat, Leave folks. Leave your mic on. Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata, only on Newcastle Live Radio. What are we talking about, Lewis? Look, I'm just going to speak as usual while they completely lose it. Welcome back to Spooky Sundays. Um, We do have a big red light in the middle of the table that comes on when the microphones are on. And we're all happily sitting here waiting for our cue. And you would have heard. What are we talking about? Can I just say that um, Renata is on the controls, not me? (laughs) She turned us, I was looking at it, and the song came, and I'm going, Not now, not now. She switched all the microphones. I'm like, Okay, everyone, just be quiet. (laughs) What are we talking about? (laughs) 
Oh, a what big are shout we out. talking about? A big shout out to Sarah as well. She said that she is one of our biggest fans. Yeah. Um, hi, Sarah. Welcome. Sorry, we're not doing any readings for you tonight, um, but uh, we are so glad you're here listening to us. We really appreciate it. Uh, <coughs> Keep talking while I come up along. Uh, this is what happens. Oh. Um, yes, as you mentioned before, we have our um, Tomago House, not a Tomago House, uh, Grossman yes. House. No, it's Tomago House on Friday night. Friday night, which is sold out, and Grossman House on Saturday with two tickets now available because um, of a cancellation. And uh, at the moment, we're running tours virtually every weekend so there is no excuse um, to feel that you are missing out we uh, have a tour virtually going all the time somewhere around the Hunter Valley so all you need to do is to jump onto Newcastle Ghost Tours check out the events page it will have a list of events that are up and I know people complain and say well I checked your event and it's all sold out it's because we're popular you got to be quick oh it's so great to be back doing tours and having people come along and um, it's it's just really wonderful but yes we have uh, the following weekend but we, you know Tommy goes sold out Grossman sold out the following weekend we've got Maitland Jail on the 24th I'm sorry that's sold out uh, then we have the 25th and we're supposed to be doing Prince Henry Hospital on the 25th yes um, so we'll be on to Randwick Council just to check that chase that up mm-hmm. and um, that's as cheap as chips it's a bit of fun <coughs> And then on the Monday, after Prince Henry Hospital, we're going to Queensland. Oh, yes, we are. It's that soon. We're going to go up and visit Sue and Glenn, say hello, um, discuss a few... Backsides kicked. Yeah, get our bums kicked for the bad filming we did when we were away. Um, Now, we've got the Maitland Jail 101 on the 1st of July. We've got Wallenby 2nd of July. Um, Then I've got... uh, That must be a private on that 1st of July, I think. Then we've got the... You can do a private Maitland Jail, guys, if you want to. you just got to get 15 people together. 15 or more. Uh, And we've got a special one coming up on the 16th of July. Keep an eye out. It is a sleepover. Uh, we haven't uh, put it up yet. We're just waiting to get one more little tiny confirmation. But this one is pretty bloody special. It is. It's very nice. It's very chilly, but it's going to be um, nice warm beds you can sleep in. Comfy beds. You don't have to stay up all night. But... We're at the end of the show. Yes, and uh, we would love to thank our Irish correspondent, Danielle, for being here, and, of course, Christy for coming along as well. Yeah, she only come in studio if Danielle's here. (laughs) (laughs) And it's been an absolute pleasure, and I can't wait till Friday night when we go to Tomico. Oh, yes. And thank you for sharing that tomb story with us as well. Sorry if it triggered anybody, but, yeah. Yeah, well, it's... But I think there needs to be an awareness. Yeah, there does. These things happened, and Mm -hmm. people do need to be accountable and not... Behind, hide behind the organisations. Yep. Mm. If it was a war criminal, they would have dragged them out and taken them to court. But yeah. uh, dead yeah, babies, but God, and, you know, yeah, but God. dead dead babies and God is a different story. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we need to go to the news. Thank you all for being here, Renata. Yes. Finish it off. But our last song for this evening is a fabulous song. I hope you really enjoyed uh, the, the song col- uh, selection tonight, and we're finishing on a fantastic one. This is the Beatles. While my guitar 
gently Bye. waves. Good Bye. night. See you on the dark side. Stay spooky. Most mysteries can be solved by looking at the facts. But sometimes the facts don't give us the answer. So it's time to call in Anne and Renata. Spooky Sundays, when the truth lies beyond a logical answer. Dive deep into the world of the unknown with real ghost stories and the unexplainable. Sometimes unconventional, but always entertaining. It's Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. Sunday from 8pm, only on Newcastle Live.